Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, and here's your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome to the Big Yellow School Bus, Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on 103.7 FM WKRM. We are getting the bus out of the garage here today and heading out down to Mount Pleasant, Tennessee. Down in Mount Pleasant, Tennessee, we're going to hook up with the principal of Mount Pleasant High School, Dr. Ryan Jackson. How are you today, sir? Hey, doing well. Thanks for the thanks for the uh, the tip of the hat there. Doing really good. Hey, one of my favorite campuses out there, Mount Pleasant. So many good things going on out there. We're going to share with our listeners today a little bit about some of the really cool things that are happening happening at Mount Pleasant uh, High School. And I'm going to get right into it because this one is something that I'm, I pass every time I go to Mount Pleasant is this huge building called Landmark Ceramics. Dr. Ryan, would you tell us what Landmark Ceramics is doing in Mount Pleasant with the Chemistry Lab, Chemistry Innovation Lab? Absolutely. So the, the Chemistry Innovation Lab is, is really the current topic of the day. But our, our partnership and relationship with Landmark Ceramics goes back a couple of years. Um, we formalized that partnership through our Kids on Stage um, nonprofit partnership. So Kids on Stage, a couple of years ago, you know, brought in nine different industry partners, and Landmark Ceramics was one of those. And big shout out to Julie Love, who's the HR director there at Landmark. She's been a pivotal partner. She sits as the proxy of the owner of Landmark Ceramics, Frederico, who's based out of Italy. So she's his proxy and comes to our quarterly Kids on Stage Board of Directors meetings. And it's really through that relationship that we started seeing some synergy. And what I mean by that is, you know, when we were doing a SWOT analysis of the building this summer, and big shout out to Mount Pleasant High School. This is our 50th anniversary. So it's our 50th anniversary. Um, You know, building was constructed in 1969, okay? So 50th wow. anniversary, and when we started really looking at kind of weak spots in the building or, or areas of opportunity, you could call it, you know, we, we saw our chemistry lab, and you know, this is my fifth year as principal here at Mount Pleasant, and each year you kind of peel that onion, and you're looking at different things. You know, at the end of my first year, we started working on the Mechatronics Project Lead the Way Lab, and that came with that big half-million-dollar grant from Parker Hannafin. After that, we did a multimedia lab. Um, where we did the big ribbon cutting on that last year, giving our kids all this, you know, editing suite capabilities, film, video, green screen capabilities. So we did that. And as we're peeling the onion, you know, this summer, we got to that chemistry lab. And when I say antiquated, you know, it is, that is an understatement. I mean, this thing had some pieces in it that had not been touched in what felt like, you know, 30 to 50 years. So we knew we had to overhaul this chemistry lab. You know, how can you be a STEM designated school without a rock star chemistry lab? So we're looking at the space. Um, we knew it had decent bones. We knew it was going to be need to be overhauled and gutted. So we're thinking of potential partners. And we had reached out to Landmark specifically because so much of what they do with that imported textile involves science, involves chemistry. So there was the nuts and bolts that aligned there. But then we wanted aesthetically, we wanted this room to truly be set apart. If you've ever been in Mount Pleasant High School and been into our you know, Mechatronic Innovations Lab or our Multimedia Lab. You know, these spaces feel so different when you're inside them. It's, it's, it's like walking into outer space. Yeah, I've been to some of your labs. They are quite unique. Yeah, so you feel like you've been transported in a sense. So I wanted that same kind of vibe for 
the chemistry lab. And we approached Julie at Landmark and said, look, what would really set this off would be some of that imported tile, ceramic tile for the lab. And man, lo and behold, you know, they bellied up and um, they gave us that imported tile and it's laid. It looks fantastic. So automatically when you step in, even though we haven't put the furniture in there, the new hood that's going in there yet, um, you know, when, when you walk in, you just know this is a different space. It's got something special to it. You know, it'll be one of our showpieces because we give a lot of tours here in Mount Pleasant. It'll be one of our tour pieces. So we're at the beginning stages of this overhaul of our chemistry lab. And we are now working with a landmark tile directly. And also a big shout out to Mark McKenzie at Tennessee Distillery, who's another one of our kids on stage, board of director partners. You know, they too are working with us to fill it with incredible equipment. You know, so our students will have state of the art equipment, furniture, aesthetics and surroundings that make them feel, you know, like not only they belong at Mount Pleasant, not only that they are legitimate scientists, but they have something they can truly be proud of when they're getting their head around these chemistry projects. And that sounds so cool. If, if we had an opportunity to do a video walkthrough and put it online, that would be awesome. Um, oh, to share with our, our radio crowd is great. And, 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 you know, Jack, just for so everybody kind of understands, you know, COVID has backed things up so far, you know, in terms of three oh, yeah. dates and stuff like that. So we're still waiting for some of that equipment that's already been purchased to just be delivered. So we're hoping to ribbon cut, you know, early second semester. And when we do, you will certainly get that invite because it's going to be something special. That sounds really cool. Tell me the, um, the guy's name that runs the place again. Uh, Frederico. Frederico, he did a presentation for our Kiwanis group in Columbia, and him and Julie Love. It was amazing to see the the depth of what they do at that big facility. When you drive by it, you just see a big facility. There is oh, so much going on there. It's state of the art. It, it is it truly, really is. truly incredible. And, you know, they employ a lot of our families. Um, mm -hmm. so some, some good synergy there, some good community relations. Um, they're very much on giving back to the community, helping local public schools, so it's awesome to see your partner step up in a big way. Excellent. Excellent. Man, that was good to hear about that lab. Um, now, I got something a little bit more, I, I'd say, summer funnish. And I think I'm, I'm saying that right, summer funnish. Um, you have a splash pad project going on? Yeah. Tell me about that. So the splash pad project is significant for several reasons. One, this project goes back multiple years. Um, and so we, we've got this nonprofit partner, Kids on Stage, right? And it's this, it's now turned into something formalized where we have nine industry partners on our board of directors, you know, each representing a different industry segment um, that gives us incredible insight, incredible feedback. And, you know, when I, when I think about that and I go back, you know, a couple of years um, in terms of that splash pad, you know, we knew we wanted to do some kind of special partnership that was both public and private, okay? So we're working with city government, all right, in order to get the land that was owned by the school system donated back to the city, all right? So now I'm taking you back a couple of years ago to a crowded school board meeting one night where several of our students presented to the school board in front of a loaded school board meeting that said, had some kind of hot topic going on that night. But our students were there to present, to make their pitch. I mean, they were vision casting at the time. You know, they had their, their mock-ups, you know, their PowerPoint 
of the splash pad, how it's going to be significant to the city. You know, there had not been a community pool, a public pool in the city for a generation or more. So this was going to be not only value added for the city, but life changing, you know, really no hyperbole there. So the kids went in and lobbied for that land to be donated back to the city, got it approved. And then since then, our students have been working, our students through our construction program and our mechatronics programs have been working with the city. Big shout out to Thomas Kinney, who was the former Mount Pleasant Parks and Rec director. He really helped kick this off. And Kate Collier, who's the Mount Pleasant city manager, they were instrumental on the front end to start working on the grant that funded this. Got to shout out Ms. Donna Marinci too, Ms. Former, you know, former school board member and community development director for, for Mount Pleasant. So we wanted to make sure you know, that our public school and our students were working hand in hand with city, local government to truly create something special for the city. So flash forward a couple of years, we have now broken ground in earnest. All right. So, yeah, so the project is underway. I'm talking about earth movers. You know, I'm talking about looking at all of the logistics in terms of the pump house and the parts and, and all of that. It's starting to come together um, with our students, you know, playing a role, you know, in the actual not just conceptualizing and development of it, but in the actual building of the splash pad. Which so campus must, is this going to be related to? It's for all three of us. It sits in the heart of our campus. It's right on the backside of our football field. So it sits okay. on it sits on Tiger Trail, which is the newly named street that's in okay. front of the elementary school, directly behind the high school. So I mean, it's it, it's positioned perfectly in the center of our campus, and it's going to provide families with something incredibly fun to do you know, for another generation or more, and we could not be more excited about it. Man, that really sounds exciting. I know I've uh, taken my grandkids over to the splash pad at Riverside Elementary School, and they, it, it, it's hard to get them to leave on a yeah. nice warm summer day. And, you know, I think on, on one hand, it's, it's as easy to sum up as that, right? It's just something cool, it's something fun, but you know, I'm, I'm always positioning to our, our students, you know, the idea of legacy. What is your legacy? You know, when you like walk that. away, when you walk away from Mount Pleasant High School, you know, what, what contributions did you make? So the students that have fingerprints on this project will literally be able to look back, you know, as they're playing in the splash pad, their children, maybe even grandchildren at some point, and say, man, I was a part of that legacy that brought that project to fruition, that helped build it, that watched it materialize and manifest. And I think if you're a kid, man, and through that legacy lens, that's pretty powerful stuff. So will the splash pad be available by next spring? I'm hoping so. Absolutely. That would be awesome. Um, you heard it here on WKRM 103.7 FM and the Big Yellow School Bus, a splash pad project at the campuses of the Mount, which is the nickname for all three Mount Pleasant schools, will be hopefully ready in the spring of next year. That's huge. Um, splash pads are so much fun. I know my grandkids love them. I'm, I'm not such a – I like them too, to tell you the truth. I mean, I, I like to get out there and enjoy that water as much as everybody. Um, that is amazing. I think right before the break here, we'll go ahead and touch on the next project me and you talked about. And this is something I really like a lot. I love NASA. I have a bunch of NASA shirts. I have a UT shirt on today because it's Friday and, you know, college football is firing up in uh, some parts of the country uh, this weekend. Um, you have what they call a NASA punch project. 
The name doesn't describe it for me, so you're going to have to give me a good idea of what you're talking about here, Dr. Ryan. Absolutely. So this one is also near and dear to my heart. You know, I'm a big fan of, of space. Um, me too. Science fiction guy, you know. So when we found out several years back, we're going back a couple of years, that there was a, a local connection here in Mount Pleasant. Big, huge shout out for any listeners that – that have ties to Mount Pleasant, this name will ring a bell, Mr. Jerry Sands. Jerry Sands is, has been in the community for a long time. He's well-known, revered, good dude, stand-up guy. And Jerry and I hooked up a couple years ago, and Jerry had some connections to NASA, and he kind of planted the seed. He said, you know, have you heard of this thing called NASA Hunch? And Hunch stands for High Schools United with NASA to Build Hardware for the International Space Station. So it's a long acronym, but you know education, man. We love acronyms. So, you know, the NASA Hunch Project, High Schools United with NASA. And the idea is creating, you know, creating hardware prototypes, essentially, that go on to these NASA-inspired competitions. And the winners, I mean, literally can travel all the way to Houston pieces can go all the way up to the space station. I mean, this is, this is no joke. So Jerry's kind of planting this seed and we chase after it. Um, and we end up hooking up with a guy named Bob Zeke who does a site visit. And really the context was there were only a couple of NASA hunch schools in the state. Um, for instance, I know McGavick high school was one of them. Now McGavick high school is literally one of the biggest schools in the state of Tennessee. You're talking about roughly 3000 kids, you know, but NASA wanted a, smaller rural environment where they felt like the impact of NASA Hunch would, would just have more of a significant effect, okay? So he does the site visit. We start, you know, brainstorming a little bit and just kind of conceptualizing what, what could happen here. And lo and behold, man, we get, a, we get a call back from Bob saying that we've been approved for the NASA Hunch designation, a five-year Congress-approved contract that we are still in the middle of with NASA. And from there, we start talking about projects and ideas. And this year in, in particular, we got really excited because we've added a new teacher. Um, so big shout out to a guy named Seth Woodard, who is now our project lead the way teacher. He's new to us this year and he's just come in and done gangbusters so far. So I put Seth on this, on the NASA Hunch Project. And I'd be remiss if I didn't mention Dr. Kate Finn. She's our STEM director. So these two, Dr. Finn, and Seth, Mr. Woodard, have been working with NASA and Bob on some, a couple of projects. And two of them just bubbled to the surface. They pitched these projects to the kids, and the kids just grab onto them. And that's what I'm going to kind of lay on you here. So I want to make sure that I get them right. The first project is our Lunar Supply Pod Mover. So strategically... Did you say Lunar Supply yeah. Pod Mover? Yeah. I'm going to peel that onion for you, Jack. I know you're a space guy, right? <laughs> so, so we added Project Lead the Way this year, which is a, you know, an engineering-based curriculum, but heavy emphasis on robotics and computer programming. So what our students are going to do is create this lunar pod VEX robotics prototype, right, that can move, you know, storage pieces on the moon, all right? So what we'll be doing is we'll be simulating, you know, the moon's um, topography, some surface environment, and then running that, you know, um, rover prototype through that with the ability and its mechanical arms to move. But our students will be will be coding it, programming it as well. The second one 
also had me super excited. Our kids got really interested in it. You know, we've got an ag program down here. And one of the subsets in our ag program is small engine repair. So the second project, check this one out. And I think you'll get a kick out of this one, Jack, is a lunar habitat radiation protection. It's dust retention on habitat and lunar dust blower. Let me sum it up for you. Basically, like our kids are going to create these modified moon dust blowers that will be able to blow dust up, lunar dust, moon dust, up to 15 feet to cover the dwellings on the moon that the, with the lunar dust serving as this radioactive protectant from the mm -hmm. sun, okay? Now, what we're doing is we're partnering with another one of our industry partners, Parker Hannafin, which is a global filtration company. I mean, in fact, they build filters for NASA. I've toured the place. It's but pretty cool. What do they, what do they, um, what are they experts in? They are experts in dust, right? <laughs> so we start just seeing the synergy, feeling the synergy. We reach out to Jason Tate, who's one of the project managers at Parker Hannafin. Um, big shout out to Ryan Pastrana, vice president of innovation there, who's now a good friend of mine. You know, we, we just see this synergy. We start making connections. And before you know it, we're now talking about you know, potentially adding a facade to our greenhouse that would mirror, you know, one of these dwellings on the moon and then using whatever dust and, um, you know, industry insight we can get from Parker Hannafin to modify one of our blowers through our Project Lead the Way and Ag class to blow this stuff and get it to stick to the side of a moon dwelling. As science fiction as it sounds, man, it is actually a very real-life project. Um, that our kids have already started. They're in the research stages right now. This project will go year long. Um, so we are very, very excited about it. But early stages of it, but we could not be more hyped. That sounds so exciting. I had an opportunity to tour Parker Hannafin with the Leadership Murray Group um, just this last year. And it was very impressive. The whole facility, what they do, uh, the level of um, educational people, doctorates there working, um, doing lab work and, and, and making things like, you know, conceptual from design to concept. It was very, very interesting, very cool. I'm glad they were able to help out Mount Pleasant Middle or High School. Um, well, that's all for now. Let's go ahead and head into our break. Um, I'd be remiss to say today is we're taping this show on September 11, 2020, the anniversary, 19 years of 9-11. I um, want to salute all of our um, first responders out there that um, go out daily and put themselves on the line to save the people that they are uh, so bound to protect. Um, let's go ahead and go to a break. We'll get in some other things after the break. Um, again, this is the Big Yellow School Bus. I'm Jack Cobb, your bus driver. We're on 103.7 FM WKRM. We air on Saturday mornings at 9 a.m., Sundays at 7 p.m., and Mondays at 4 p.m. We'll see you after the break. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools will be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus. Murray County Public Schools talk radio show on 103.7 FM WKRM. I'm here with Dr. Ryan Jackson today. He's the principal at Mount Pleasant High School. So far, we've talked a little bit about his landmark 
um, Ceramics Chemistry Innovation Lab, which sounds very cool. And then we talked about a uh, more public entity that the available for everybody is the Splash Pad Project, um, which I can't wait to take my kids to, my grandkids. My, my kids might be thinking they're a little old for that since they're in their 30s now. Uh, and the NASA Hunch Project. Did you have anything else to share on that NASA Hunch Project? Anybody like, was there some famous people or astronauts or something that might have come down and did some stuff for you guys? We actually did. We had two-time um, space traveler astronaut Roger Crouch. He's retired now. Um, but Roger came and helped us do the kickoff. And then we spoke with Roger on the phone. He's living in the D.C. area. He was actually scheduled to come visit in April to help with our with our relaunch again, but COVID hit, so he couldn't make it. But we oh, spoke we spoke with him as a consultant on Tuesday um, regarding the two projects, just to get some of his insight. And he was a payload specialist, so he was able to kind of help us with a couple of early questions we had on the front. And he will stay on as an advisor. Um, but yeah, big shout out to Roger Crouch, who's a friend of Jerry Sands. We talked about him a little bit. You know, Jerry just has these awesome connections. But yeah, it's pretty cool when you can put a two-time, you know, space traveler um, in the presence of kids and glad to have Roger on as an advisor for this project. That is awesome. I would have loved to have had an opportunity to go out and meet him. Or if he comes, let me know and I'll come out and meet him. Absolutely. Maybe we can talk him into outfitting our bus with some NASA rockets. <laughs> I'm, get sure around he, the, I'm, I'm sure he'd be willing, for sure. <laughs> we'd get around the county a little bit faster that way. So... Thanks for the NASA update. Um, let's go ahead and talk about what's going on in your welding labs. I believe there's a company in Mount Pleasant called BMG. So BM, BMC Metals, which is which is actually in on the outskirts of Columbia, but BMC Metals, um, big shout out to President Jimmy Phillips, who's a great guy. BMC is also one of our kids on stage partners. Jimmy sits on our board of directors and just, just some context there. And this is even larger than BMC, but it, It'll kind of it'll kind of tie it all up here at the end. You know, one of the things that I really try to keep my finger on on the pulse of is, you know, the current state of you know the labor market. Um, you know, just in industry industry trends. So where I'm going with that is, you know, right now baby boomers are retiring at approximately ten thousand people a day, and what that's causing is this intense significant labor shortfall projections. You know, what do I mean by that? Well, you know, when you start looking at construction, HVAC, plumbing, welding, you know, you're looking at shortfalls of up to like 125,000 people per, you know, per trade by 2024. So Jimmy and others are trying to be proactive in terms of how they recruit and ultimately hire you know, young, skilled trade labor. And in that proactivity, we have developed this unique relationship and partnership, and we're calling it our BMC Welding Certification Pipeline. So students at Mount Pleasant High School that go through our ag, you know, through our ag CTE pathway, right, can earn up to 300 welding credit hours and get their welding certification paid for by BMC, work hands-on through mentoring and externship opportunities with BMC employees, expert welders, you know, in order to get that certification. And it culminates, you know, it, it truly solidifies 
with the opportunity for a student to walk out as a Mount Pleasant High School graduate and begin in earnest as a BMC welder, you know, making significant money with little to no college debt. One of the things interesting about welding, and one of my first careers at General Motors when I worked there, I was in a welding booth and became a welding teacher and taught welding classes because I had a natural knack for understanding how to weld and the technical part of it. And welding is a very cool skill to learn. No question. And it's also positioning kids now to have a bona fide skilled trade under their belt, which makes them hireable immediately and also gets them out of this student loan debt crisis. And that's one of the things that just really bothers me the most right now about, you know, post-secondary education, you know, mm -hmm. making sure we're positioning kids for success. And that is being transparent with our students up front about the money that it takes, you know, for secondary education, scholarship opportunities, but also helping kids understand that for a generation, and I'll even own some of this, you know, I've been in education now about 15 years, you know, for a generation, we almost shamed kids that wanted to be on a vocational track or wanted to not go to a four-year university. I mean, we really position it as it's either four-year college or bust. When the reality is there's multiple opportunities for students. You can be four-year, two-year community college, vocational trade, or go straight into the workforce when you've been through a program like our BMC Metals Welding Pathway, right? So getting kids these kind of skilled trade opportunities that are high-paying jobs for an 18-year-old fresh out of high school with no student loan debt. It's absolutely game-changing, and then giving you this opportunity at BMC where they're willing to work with you so you don't have to have a career ceiling. They'll work with you once you get in there, but you've already got the skilled trade under your belt because you've got that certification while you were at Mount Pleasant High School. Huge. Um, you know, obviously, I was taught at on the job when I hired into General Motors. I just had a real knack for it, and I was able to learn it and pick it up very well, and General Motors was a good-paying job, so of course, I stuck with it and retired there. Um, but to be able to weld, to me, is something you do with your hands and you can create and you can, you can build. And it's just a real satisfying thing to be able to know how to do. And I want to pull that on you just a little bit more, Jack, because that ties in to, you know, to really our vision, okay? And we have this courage to create vision where... Courage to create. Right, our courage to create vision. You know, and that is where, you know, we get kids thinking and doing as creators, not merely consumers of content. And to me, that's STEAM in a nutshell. Of course, STEAM is science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. We embed art into that STEM curriculum, right, which positions kids as creators, not merely consumers of content. And again, I don't feel like I'm telling on education. Most of us have been through the public education system. And really for a generation, it was about sit, get, regurgitate on a standardized test. And we are shifting away from that. We understand that there's accountability measures. We understand that we have to know for student achievement purposes where students stand and closing gaps. But we also understand that experiential learning is what inspires kids. We also understand that art breathes life into the soul of a school, that kids want to do things. They want to make, they want to create, they want to sell. You know, we understand about the gig economy, how social media and technology is leveraging kids as influencers and marketers 
all of that into a nutshell, man. That's our courage to create mindset, and that's getting kids making and creating. And I believe welders fall squarely into that category. Absolutely, courage to create is a great way to put it. Um, and you know, I think what you when you do that, you have more engagement. More people are they're getting involved. They're liking to do what they're doing. They're they're wanting to be there. They're wanting to learn. Um, it's a big difference of being when, like you said, when we were young, it was sit, learn, and take a test. Now you touched on you touched on something powerful there, Jack, and I'm, I'm going to expound upon it, right? So if you're, if you're a believer like me in Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? You know, and this okay. is a you know this is a psychology model philosophy that's been around man since the 1940s, right? So if you look at his hierarchy of needs. And in the middle, that middle rung, that innate need that we have to have in order to progress towards self-actualization is belonging. So this perceived sense of belonging. If we can get kids to feel like they are belonging, they belong to something special, to something significant, something important, whether it's arts, whether it's welding, whether it's ag, construction, health science, future business leaders of America, whatever it is. If we can get them to feel like they belong to something, the mount, whatever you want to call it, in turn, those students start to feel more efficacious. What does that mean? They start to feel more capable. And once I feel capable, right, I'm now inspired. I can start striving towards self-actualization, which means being our best. So we constantly preach about being our best. Student achievement, right? That's code word for being our best. Yet, are we really creating these types of environments where all students can feel like they belong to something? And that is our approach here at the Mount. I think that is a great approach. And I think that's some of the approach throughout the entire district. Different schools approach it differently. But getting people and getting students engaged is, is part of the process. And but what you're doing now is definitely hitting that. And that was, I want to segue right from that, right into something I thought was kind of interesting we had on our list. It was called Coloring Books. And I'll go ahead and give the whole title and you can explain it to us. What we talked about um, bringing up was Mindfulness Coloring Therapy Books. And before you get into yours, I want to tell you, I have a 30-year-old daughter and she's just rediscovered that she wants to go to college at 30 years old and change her whole life's path. And it started with a coloring book, believe it or not. And she has taken her, her, her path and she is excelling and making her online college class students or teachers in awe of her passion right now. So tell me what it is that a mindfulness coloring therapy book is going to do for the students at, at Mount Pleasant Middle or High School. So, Jack, I'm going to... I'm going to set the table for Mike Mitchell, and he's our arts director for Mount Pleasant. He's, he's going to really take you deeper into this particular project. But here's Mike's what here with us? Yeah, he, he's here with us. So he's going to jump on here in just a second. You know, but here's what had me excited. I saw an early prototype of this coloring book. It was created by two of our freshmen. They had an entrepreneurial mind behind it. So they wanted to create some coloring books, and then at some point they wanted to get these out into the community. Okay, Mike has a passion for coloring therapy. And I knew that about Mike because we had worked on something way back in the day regarding coloring. So Mike connecting with the art teacher, big shout out to Miss Whitney Harrington. She's 
first first uh, brand new art teacher here at Mount Pleasant High School. She's doing a fantastic job. So Mike, those two freshman students, and Miss um, Harrington started developing what would become our mindfulness coloring book. And I'm going to turn it over to Mike to give you some cool details. Hey, welcome, Mike Mitchell, Mount Pleasant High School Art Director. Oh, Thanks, I've Jeff. seen your face on social media when they introduced you. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one of the things that we're so excited about and so grateful to be here uh, to, to talk with you, you know, student-driven projects um, are fantastic, and these kids came up with something, and it's so great to have a, a leader like Dr. Jackson who's willing to then um, give uh, Mrs. Harrington the green light to just run with it. So project-based learning encourages students to ask the question, what are, what's a problem you want to solve? Um, they wanted to create a coloring book for, for kids in their community. And then we were able to start working with them, talking to them about how, um, like your daughter found out, that coloring can right, bring these feelings back that we didn't even know we had, right? Like yeah. I enjoyed coloring as a kid, and then for whatever reason, we stopped. And you know there's this huge explosion of adult coloring books. If you search them online, there's all these mandala ones. There's all these different things. There's humorous ones. There's ones about history. There, they're just, there's ones about hip-hop. There are ones about ballet. They're just everywhere. And the art therapy movement, um, which is still growing and kind of burgeoning in the United States since at least 2006, has really been really ahead of where we all are. So for 14 years, they've been using coloring in art therapy um, programs and they're finding they're starting to even do studies and they're they're literally there's data that shows that when you do those coloring that you um, that there's a decrease in anxiety level and then there's suggestions from those studies saying that it literally creates a meditative state that is beneficial for reducing that anxiety we are in one of the most anxious times in the history of the united states right now and so, the, so. these two young women were able to um, connect to this idea that Dr. Jackson saw is really important. We were able to connect our counselor to the Nashville Mindful School um, through a friend, um, Bella Herring, who's literally an expert in mindfulness and has been practicing for the last 25 years and working with folks. She's now um, working with us as a consultant on the project. So we are, we've created our second one. Um, our, we're working with area businesses to to be able to um, support the project and we can actually work with those students to create coloring pages that connect to those businesses. So our second um, book is about healthy, mindful eating habits. And so the students are creating really cool drawings about avocados and all these different things, but also burgers and donuts. And then on that, you know, putting tips about like, hey, maybe don't eat a burger every single meal. And so just little kinds of tips. Oh, man. Keeping it fun. <laughs> right, exactly. I wish I would have known that. Um, <laughs> so that's that's where we're at. It's been really great. But what's so valuable about it is that, that it came from students, right? And then cool. we, we have an environment here because we believe that art is the heat that turns STEM into STEAM, right? We believe in the arts at Mount Pleasant not just something that we say we value them so we stopped what we were doing dr jackson sent an email connected me to mrs harrington and said hey let's work on this let's connect the business classes let's connect Derek green who's our counselor let's start working to make sure that we surround these kids with the resources that they need to really make this coloring book into something that can get pushed out in a way 
that is professional, as a way that is collaborative so for those students to understand now that they're working with businesses, how to collaborate and come to some really cool ideas about how to represent those businesses but still keep their artistic vision. Again, these are the kinds of conversations that graphic designers have every single day. And so we are so grateful um, to, to be able to position these kids in an environment, but also have leadership and also be in a district that really values project-based learning. And we really see that this is one, just the first one this year that's come from this really organic spot of just these two young freshman women, young women who are just like, hey, we need coloring book. We're missing this in our lives. Let's create it. And then an art teacher that immediately starts working on it with them and positioning them to make it. They are finished with the first one. It's already been distributed in the community. The second one is in the works, and that second one's going to be well, better. How do you how do you distribute these amazing works of art into the community? Is it a donation? Or are they being sold? And so what what we are doing right now? So the first one again was just a prototype, right? So okay. those kids were um, giving those out in their community. Um, we made a very small run. The second one we're going to make a larger run. We're obviously working with our bookkeepers and working inside of the. Murray County's policy on how to do fundraisers, but mm-hmm. we'll, we will follow that process and also make that transparent to those students to understand how that works inside of being entrepreneurial inside of a system, right, to make sure that we're following all those rules. Again, things that artists have to learn how to do if they're going to be successful in a career making art. Mrs. Harrington paints murals and she knows all about how you don't just walk up to a wall and start painting on it, right? There is uh, a chamber of commerce meeting. There are all of these different things. So we're showing our kids how to work inside of this system, right? So we're going to distribute them through local businesses. We're going to distribute them through our elementary school and our middle school. As you know, we're a STEAM campus, and so we work closely with those schools. Um, and so we're really excited about the challenges that bring um, and the opportunities that bring to work in our community to make sure that those coloring books get to kids and get into the hands. Because we really do believe they can work. We really do think that those young women who are researching mindful eating habits and mindfulness projects about yoga, we really do think because of who they are in their community, they actually can empower and affect the decisions that kids um, who look up to them in elementary school will make. And we really believe it's not just a, this is a slick idea. We actually think that this project can actually help change the habits of kids in the relationship that they have to health and eating and exercise and movement. So we're really excited about that. Well, like I said, I've seen it firsthand, the effect of adult coloring books on um, my own daughter. And I think that is an amazing, awesome project for Mount Pleasant High School to be taking on. It's called the Mindfulness Coloring Therapy Book. And that was Mr. Mike Mitchell, Mount Pleasant Art Director, telling us all about that. Now, before you leave, and I'm gonna let you segue with back in with Dr. Jackson, You touched a little bit on STEAM, uh, science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Um, But currently, and this was a very huge win for Mount Pleasant High School, you are a STEM-designated school. That is huge. There's not a lot of those in this area or in in Tennessee. Um, Tell me a little bit about STEM designation and we can let um, Dr. Jackson fill us in on that amazing accomplishment. Sure, so again, like I said, we believe that arts are really extremely important and the Tennessee STEM Innovation Network, who is in collaboration with the Tennessee Department of Education, offer that designation. 
they really value the arts as well. And they really think about STEM and STEAM as being synonymous. They, it's even in their rubrics as how your arts integrated into your other classes. And so they, um, but, so they've already got that STEM name there. You know, we can't keep changing it because we keep the acronym could just keep growing and we could find ourselves being only talking about the acronym as opposed to talking about what we believe in, which is this idea of STEM thinking, right? Getting rid of the silos in education and realize that these young women who created the coloring book immediately are going to work with the business class, immediately going to work with the counseling department, immediately are going to work outside of the building, right? That's STEM thinking. That is, yes, it is. the ability that you have. And so we just know that arts are integral to making this campus um, work as a STEM thoughtful campus. And so I agree. I think arts are very important. I had a, a great um, time in high school having in an art class learning how to do um, pencil drawings. And I thought that was amazing. And to this day, I still um, sit at the, uh, in my easy chair watching TV with my notepad and just make a drawing. It's just random, however I feel. Hey, so, Jack, um, I, want, I want to tack onto that, um, to our STEM designation, but there's a... Oh, actually, we're going to definitely touch on that STEM designation. I was just going to ask you about that. Um, tell us. I want to go through it from a different angle. Okay. okay? And because you had said a couple of things regarding, you know, the number of schools that have it, et cetera. So some other schools I want to shout out. Big shout out to Randolph Howe Elementary School. Absolutely. Dr. Michael Ford and the work that they're doing over there. They received their STEM designation as well. That's one of the coolest elementary schools we have um, in this district. And then, of course, our own campus, Mount Pleasant Elementary School, STEM designation. Mount Pleasant Middle School, STEM designation. Mount Pleasant High School, that making us the only pre-K through 12 STEM designated cluster in the state of Tennessee. So Murray County's own, you know, Mount Pleasant's own pre-K through 12 STEM designated cluster. And the, the reason why I'm saying that, you know, it's, it's, it's not just bravado. It's about the work it takes for teachers at every tier in a cluster to pull in the same direction towards the same goal on an intense timeline, intense rubrics. Now, of course, this happened pre-COVID. We got lucky. We didn't find out that we received the designation until we had after already been dismissed for COVID last spring. But the work in earnest had been done before that. and We had gotten our walkthrough. I mean, you want to just talk about um, ooh, man, serendipity, right? And that is we squeezed our visits, our site visits from TSIN and Tennessee Department of Education in between the Nashville tornado and breaking for COVID. I mean, we were just able to squeeze it in. It was just incredible that it happened. We all received that designation. And I have to shout out not only the leadership at all three schools, but the teachers that were involved from the onset pulling in the same direction. They wanted it. They could taste it. They were proud of the work. A lot of it that had already been going on years before, it just built towards this year that we were actually designated. But just want to lift up our entire city, our school, our mini school system cluster here in Mount Pleasant because they were all hands on deck for this designation. It is quite the amazing task to have an entire campus that is STEM designated. And this is a designation that comes from the acronym TSIN, which is Tennessee, Tennessee Innovation Network. Network. And then also the Tennessee Department of Education. Correct. Very, very cool. So proud of Mount Pleasant, uh, the whole campus out there, the high school, the middle school, and the elementary school. 
What a great team out there. Well, let's go ahead and take a break, Dr. Jackson, and we'll uh, come back after the break and talk a little bit more about what's going on inside your school other than the projects in the uh, lab and stuff. The Big Yellow School Bus, 103.7 FM, WKRM. This is Jack Happy Bus Driver. We'll be back after the break. Don't go away. Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. We'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Welcome back. You're listening to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb, with Murray County Public Schools. Welcome back to the Big Yellow School Bus on 103.7 FM WKRM. We're here with Dr. Ryan Jackson, principal at Mount Pleasant High School. We had guest speaker Mike Mitchell, Mount Pleasant Art Director. We covered uh, the Landmark Chemistry Lab, the Splash Pad Project, the NASA Hunch Project, BMC Metal Welding Labs, and the Mindfulness Coloring Therapy Book, which I find very impressive. And we also talked a lot about the STEM designation, which is a huge accomplishment for the Mount. Dr. Jackson, let's talk about the beginning of the school year. We all went back to school on August 10th and to a very, very different type of school from what it was last year. Can you give us some things that happened and things that you're doing and things that are ongoing at Mount Pleasant High School? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think it all begins with, with how we approached the year going into it. Um, my staff hears me talk about this quite a bit. You know, I'm I'm big on the Stocksdale paradox, all right? And that's, that's coined after... Did you say Stocksdale paradox? Yeah, the Stocksdale paradox. That's coined after Admiral Jim Stocksdale, you know, who was a POW prisoner during the Vietnam War. And um, he's referenced, you know, heavily in Jim Collins's book, Good to Great. The Stocksdale paradox is essentially, you know, the idea that you maintain this perpetual optimism while keeping yourself grounded, rooted in the reality that's currently in front of you, okay? It means you do not look at, look at everything through rose-colored glasses and just hope that it's going to get better and therefore face perpetual disappointment when it doesn't. You do maintain that optimism. You are working towards a goal, being your best self, but you also understand the constraints and the arduous process that's right before you. So we knew that going into the year. We started having those kind of conversations. I'm also a big fan of the anti-fragility concept. You know, anti-fragility is this ideology that we get better. We actually get better from failure. Some examples would be, you know, the Jedi mindset. When you're a science fiction fan, the Star Wars guy, Jack. So when Obi-Wan tells Vader, you know, when you strike me down, I will become more powerful than you can ever imagine. Venture capital firms are also an example of that, you know. The more startups that try and fail, the better they get because they're learning from their failures. I'm a big physical fitness guy, fit leaders. I love to work out. It's part of who I am and what I do. But the reality about muscles are we work them to failure, and that's how they get bigger through scar tissue, through tearing them and getting better. Well, we approached that year with our teachers that we knew it was going to be okay to fail. Our teachers are going to be teaching both in-person and remotely, simultaneously. They're doing work that's never been done before at this scale. So we knew it was going to be arduous. We knew it was going to be tough. There were going to be failures on the front end. But we knew because of that, with this anti-fragility mindset, that we would get 
better. We would get sharper. And five weeks in, that's what we're seeing. I do not want to paint a disproportionate picture. It is challenging. It is causing anxiety. Because what you're dealing with is teachers, some of who've been teaching for 25 years, that want to be great. I mean, they come in every day with passion. They want to be great. They know their content areas. You know, but now, and it goes back to that efficacy piece, self-efficacy, feeling capable. Here we are having to teach remotely, you know, virtually, also teach in person and juggle these things simultaneously. So, of course, it makes you feel almost like a new teacher again for teachers who've been doing this for a decade or decades. So I could not be more proud of my teachers because they took this charge. They took this challenge. They want their students to have the best opportunities possible. They understand the impact of the pandemic and the restraints and the restrictions and limitations that we have. You know, we're rolling with the punches, but I'm watching teachers daily do incredible work. I'm watching our math department take this flipped classroom model using this pilot program we have called Benchfly. Big shout out to Benchfly, which is an asynchronous learning platform where our teachers are recording videos right at night or the day before during their planning, uploading those videos so students can watch at home. And then when they're doing their remote learning with them, they're giving them help on the problems that they watched during the video time. So they're learning how to leverage new apps, you know, leverage new platform. They're learning how to toggle back and forth in real time and virtually on the fly while helping students with technical difficulties in the moment and also servicing their students that are in person right there with them. I mean, it is absolutely awesome. And you know what? I'd be remiss if I did not shout out our own Miss Wendy Benefield. Now, she's our special education lead teacher here at Mount Pleasant. She is in her 28th year of teaching, and 27 of those years have been here at Mount Pleasant High School. Miss Benefield is using Benchfly almost daily to work with her students, her special needs students. Okay, she is in a CDC classroom, so a closed, you know, a closed classroom, a standalone classroom. And these kids are leveraging this Benchfly platform in order to do some really cool learning opportunities that are going on. But it just shows that, you know, even your teachers in their 28th year are going out and setting these stretch goals for themselves, working on it daily, understanding that we get better from our failures, that we pick ourselves up after we've tried something that didn't work. And I got to also give a shout out to our parents and our community. I mean, they're showing us grace, mercy, compassion, and we're all in this together. That's what I keep telling people. You said, you know, thanks for shouting out Randolph Howe. Man, a rising tide lifts all boats. We want to be part of something great. We want to try to do the best we can and serve as a lighthouse of sorts. You know, if we're doing something well, maybe other people can learn from our practices. As we look out and see other schools that are doing things well, we learn from their practices. And that's what I think you see happening right now. Teachers helping teachers community and family supporting each other, schools supporting each other, and in unprecedented times, and not only our nation's history, certainly our educational history, and I'm just watching it over and over again of people doing remarkable things given incredible constraints. That is that is very uplifting, and, and it doesn't sound like that we're having any issues at all, but I mean, we're working through them and everybody's working diligently to make things happen and make learning the number one uh, priority at our schools. 
Um, I was there recently and we presented a, a very um, rewarding award called the Resiliency Award to one of your students. And he kind of just touched me the way, the way he was presented and what all the things he did. Just briefly touch on him and, and some of uh, the reason why he was able to receive a Resiliency Award. Yeah, you know, that particular student is, is confined to a wheelchair and he does not let anything slow him down, quite, quite literally. This is a, a motorized wheelchair, okay? So, you know, we've had to pull out the radar gun on him at times. I mean, he, can, he can whip that thing around. Um, he, he just makes no excuses, man. He, he gets in there, has fun, gets the job done. And I think it's a testament, you know, to that perpetual spirit. Now, what excites us about, you know, his success is, you know, we've created this environment on the campus where it goes back to that belonging piece, Jack, where a student that feels like they belong, feels like they're accepted, feels like they're supported, feels like they have something they can be a part of that's special, can in turn feel efficacious. And with that particular resiliency student, you know, that's what you're starting to see is kids that might have, you know, physical constraints are finding incredible success at every level you know, because of the culture and environment that they've been put in. And that's what we're watching play out with that freshman student right now. He was impressive, to say the least. The Resiliency Awards are awarded to a teacher and a student at all 23 of our campuses in Mary County Public Schools yearly. This is the second year, and we were very happy to present out there at Mount Pleasant High School recently. Um, you said that uh, everything, you know, there was challenges and anxiety going on. And I would be remiss if I didn't mention that um, we do have counseling and mental health services available at all of our schools, including Mount Pleasant High School and all the You're schools. Gonna, gonna that, Jack. I'm also going to shout out that September is Suicide you know, Prevention Awareness Month. I was going to segue into that. Uh, cowboy a, Up. Cowboy Up. You know, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an important time. Pay attention to our peers, to our, our students, to our family members. And let them know that we know they're there, that they, if they need help, that we're here for them. And we have resources um, such as our um, counseling and mental health, our Cowboy Up program. I'm sitting here um, with my shirt that says, there's a lot to live for. Yeah, there yeah. absolutely is. Um, you know, I, I liked what you said, and I'm going to get ready to segue. So we're about out of time here. Um, Dr. Ryan Jackson, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Big Yellow School Bus today. Uh, principal at Mount Pleasant High School and sharing with us all these great things that are happening on your at your school. I'm going to have ask you to come back soon so we can talk more about the campuses and everything going on in Mount Pleasant. Um, and I want to uh, touch on something you said, and and it's true, and it's not just Noah's Ark. A rising tide lifts all boats, and that's a very very true uh, statement that says we can do this together. We can make this work. We are a county public school system doing what is right for the children in our county. Absolutely. Thank you, Dr. Ryan Jackson, for your time. Thank you, Mike Mitchell, for joining us. This week's Big Yellow School Bus. I'm Jack Cobb, your school bus driver. Thank you for joining us. We hope to catch you next week on the Big Yellow School Bus. Until then. Thank you for tuning in to the Big Yellow School Bus with your host, Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools. Hop on the Big Yellow School Bus every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. and Sundays at 7 p.m. to hear more about what's going on at Murray County Public Schools right here on WKRM 103.7 FM and 1340 AM.